Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. Lord, I thank you for each and every youth. Lord, I thank you for each and every parent of a youth. Lord, I just lift up church today. Lord, I wish lift up worship to you today, God. Lord, I pray we can get something from today. Lord, take down any walls, any distractions we might have, Lord, and just let your voice come through me, Lord. Because, God, you are in the life-changing business. And, Lord, I pray that we can start truly acting like it today because lives depend on it. It's in your mighty and holy name. Amen. So I am in the book of 1 Timothy 4, 10 through 12. If you guys do not have your Bibles, which you should, there's ones right in front of you. Otherwise, Jack Petty will throw it up on the screen. But it is 1 Timothy 4, 10 through 12 if you are taking notes. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these, thi these things. Do not look, let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct, in love and faith and in purity. I want to ask you guys today, man, what are you believing God for? What are you believing God? I'm so sorry. The kids, you guys, are dismissed for kids' church. I'm like, see, and I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, is it that bad already? People are leaving. But no, it's the kids. But I want to ask the question today, what are you believing God for? It's so cool to see all, you know, the Christmas miracle is like a Hallmark classic. You know, is she going to get the guy? Yes. I'll ruin the movie, every Hallmark movie for you guys. Yes, she gets the guy. And, or he gets the girl. Like, for real. And like, I think about that. What are you believing God for? And are you believing him for miracles in this miracle season? Because God is still a miracle-producing God. And I want to ask you guys, like, what are you believing God for today? And I, like, every single sermon, I always end it with a challenge. But I just ask you for this sermon to really be thinking about it during the sermon. Man, what am I believing God for? So I asked Steve a couple weeks ago, or about a month and a half ago, I'm like, Steve, can the youth take over Sunday? And he's like, what do you mean? And then I explained it, and he's like, all right, well, if you have any Speed the Light Day or, or National Youth Day, or, you know, check with Sally, and Sally's like, hey, this day is the day. So, like, we wanted to give Sally a day off from leading worship, which she does an awesome job. And so we wanted to give her a day off, and today is the day that we chose to do it. Well, from that time, I initially asked Steve, until now, the youth have done some amazing things. I'm just going to share you guys just a little bit about what the youth have done. It's crazy to see that the youth in the last month gave over $5,000 to missions. Like, that's insane. And I think about that where it's like, man, how does a youth that size and, like, the demographic of the kids, like, there's no kid that's, you know, coming in a Camaro. You know, it's not like one kid can just shell out, you know, five grand here or there. It's like these kids work their tails off in order to produce something because they felt God talk to them. And some amazing things happened. And I just want to ask you guys, this is an interactive message today. Have you guys ever heard of Kevin Bacon? Who has not heard of Kevin Bacon? I haven't watched Footloose in a long time, so I don't know if it's appropriate, but... Footloose is a classic. Like, it's so, don't watch the new one. Don't watch the new one. That, I know that one's trash, but the, the old one with Kevin Bacon, so good. Well, there's this thing called the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. 
and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's like it's not made up. Like it's this crazy phenomenon that Kevin Bacon funded, and he went to a college, and he went to Albright College, and basically it was like a like a college game, like a party game. Like, can you relate Kevin Bacon to any other actor in Hollywood by naming a movie that he's in, and you go six people down? And to sh like make that in layman's terms, like a friend of a friend. So it's like, I know Scott, who knows this person, who knows this person, and within six people, theoretically, everyone in the entire world should be known. It's this crazy phenomenon, and I have no idea if it's true or not. They, they did the research, and they said it's true, but like, it's kind of crazy to fathom. Like I know like six-degree separation from knowing people in like Asia and Russia and all that, you know. So, but just for going forward, like let's take it as if it was true, which this college came up with it's true. And like let's look at it as for sure it's true in Malacca. You know, like if I know someone, <laughs> they know someone, or Sartell, or Ogilvy, or Buffalo, or Forreston, or Pease. But like let's be honest, like if you walk 20 minutes in Pease, like you know everybody in Pease. But like I want to ask you guys, man, what are you believing God for today? Where there's this phenomenon that within six people, everyone in the world should be known. And are we believing God that, man, if I reach one person, the ripple effect can happen, and all of a sudden this whole town of Malacca, Pease, Buffalo, anywhere around, any community that's represented here today can be reached because of what you do. It's this, this crazy thing where I believe that God is in the life-changing business, and are we believing him for that? Are we believing him for doing something? I think about 10 years ago of where I was at in life compared to where I'm at now. And I bet my parents are very thankful I'm very different than I, when I was 10 years ago as well. But I think about that. There's this 10-year challenge with the decade ending in like two weeks. There's this 10-year challenge on Facebook of these old photos that people post of them in 2009 compared to now, or 2010 compared to now. And where are you from 10 years ago to now? I guarantee it's a completely different person. Completely different person. And where were you before Jesus compared to now? See, I bet for most, most of you guys had to make the decision at some point in your life to come to church. For most people under the, or over the age of 18, you had to choose to come to church today. You didn't have to. I, that'd be weird if your parents called you and said, you know what, Tom? You get your, yeah. <laughs> no, like that doesn't happen. And that decision more than likely came from a friend or a coworker or an acquaintance or maybe someone you never even met actually inviting you to church. Actually getting off their rear end and inviting you to church. I think about, like, man, when I was going to become, go to school to become a pastor, I uh, had one of my best friends. He was actually in my wedding. He's been here a few times. If you guys have been here for a while, he's, like, my 6'8 friend. He's giant. He's, like, massive. And don't ask him if he plays basketball because he hates that question. But he was in my wedding, and I remember the day before I left for college, he literally says, you know what, Mitchell? I can't believe you're becoming a pastor let alone that you ever came to church, you know. I'm proud of who you are and, and what you've done, you know. And, like, if you focus on the second part, it's a really nice compliment. But if you focus on that first part, like, I'm surprised you're even here. Like, what, like okay, Connor, like, you jerk. Like, but, like, honestly, 
he looked at my life and he's like, you are one of those people that my mom said to stay away from. You are a negative influence. And if, if you know that in a small town, the last name is, is unfortunately so popular because you stay away from Dalkey. You stay away from whoever. And I had that. And I think about that where literally he was just like, you were one of those people I wasn't even supposed to talk to. And then if you go to a different friend of mine, his name was Josh, and he was actually, I was the best man in his wedding, and I flipped a coin, and he was not the best man because he did not get the flip of the coin in my wedding. But in ninth grade, it had the same exact circumstance, and he said, you know what, I really feel you'll like this place. I feel like you need a spot to belong, and I feel you'll like it. Why don't you come? I know you like skiing. We're going skiing, and then we're doing a church service. I'd love for you to come. And from those two perspectives, my life could have gone in one, two different ways. If I would have gone with Connor, I wasn't even supposed to talk to you. Or if you go with Josh, man, I feel you'd love this place. My life could have been totally different if I would have been ice fishing with Connor rather than Josh that day. I feel so many times in life we think that it's all on us, but it's really not. Where we think, man, like, if you pray and you reach after God, God will show you the people. He will present people in your life you are supposed to reach. And to illustrate this, have you guys ever heard of a trampoline? Very good, good. So, this trampoline, if you guys have never heard of it, it's this giant fabric that's held up by springs and that you can launch and do flips if you really want and stuff like that. And my parents, like, they hated the fact that we had a trampoline. I just love it because, like, my mom and dad are here today, and I can always pick on them. But we, like, we bought a rope from a garage sale for 25 cents where we could swing off this tree. And we, they left the net up so that way we were safe. But we were swinging off this rope, and we had to clear the 10-foot net to land on the trampoline. Because if you didn't, you'd, like, hit your face into the pole. And, like, my, like, I remember my dad, like, I'm pretty sure I gave him, like, four ulcers, like, and, like, to make it even more dangerous, we put a basketball hoop, like, over the trampoline, so that way you could dunk it, and, like, super cool, and it's, like, what makes it more dangerous than going 10 feet in the air is, like, put a metal rim that you can't fit through right over it, you know, and in order to get really cool dunks, it's called the double bounce. You guys have never heard of the double bounce, but it is something, it's a phenomenon, where literally you get a friend, preferably heavier, and they jump ever so slightly before you because if they do it too early, your kneecaps buckle and you collapse. <laughs> but if you do it just right, they send you down even further, but you're lighter, and then you get thrown up with their bounce. It's this amazing thing that, like, if you guys have never been on a trampoline and all of a sudden your knees collapse from under you, it's because someone tried, tried to double bounce you. And it's this cool thing where... I feel, honestly, we think so many times in life that we have to bounce by ourselves. And this is, I know, a lame analogy, but it might click for some of you guys. Jesus went down further than you could ever go. He went down to hell to take your sin, to take your guilt, to take your shame. And he went down before you further than you could ever go, so that way you could go higher than you could ever imagine. That is what Jesus did for us, is he went down further he did it right so he didn't collapse, but he did it right so that way we knew that we could go further down and it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, God still loves you and God still has a purpose for you. So what are you believing God for today? 
until we think we're not adequate enough, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not influential enough, we're not popular enough. But God never wastes a hurt. God never leaves you alone. And God never wastes a pain. I think about, I've used this analogy, I believe, at least one time. But I think about a candle. Steve has five candles, three are lit. And if you guys did not know that, that is highly illegal. It's super illegal, to, especially with all this wood trim. No offense, Steve, but man, it's even on a wood piano. Like, and uh, come on, like right next to that kindling right there, you know. And but like candles are like super illegal inside. And I know you're like even like having a lighter. If like the fire marshal was here, like literally even having a lighter inside is considered illegal. If you guys did not know, so it's kind of crazy. I won't tell anyone, Steve, don't worry. It's for the Christmas season. I, but I think about this, you know, that candle sits alone. It has absolutely, it won't do anything. See, the candle's real potential is with what's not fire. What's, what's not, what is not flame. See, it's dangerous when it gets next to things that are not lit. And I think about that, you know, and like, I think when we were cleaning out that youth building, uh, I started, a, it wasn't a fire inside, but it was a fire just outside, and Marie thought the youth building was, like, on fire, because, like, we had, like, a 10-foot flame, and she's like, no, like that, but I was like, don't worry, we waited for the wind to blow that way, and it's like, I'm really happy, you know, it, it didn't start on fire, but, uh, like, literally, if the wind were to blow right, the entire town could, like, honestly engulf in flames. You think about Chicago, literally, like, a third of the city burnt down because the right wind came and enough flame was there where literally it burned down a third of Chicago. You see, the devil tries to take us out by putting a cap on our flame, and I don't have anything to go over those candles, but I'm sure you've seen it before where if you put a cap over a flame, like it doesn't take very long before it goes out. Or if you ever have a fire on your stovetop, the best thing to do is throw a lid on the pot because that way the fire will go out instantly. And that's what the devil tries to do is he tries to put a lid on your potential. He says, man, it doesn't matter how far Jesus went down for you. You're really not going to go that high. You're really not going to do that for God. What you're believing God for really isn't that. You can't do that. And he puts a lid on what you have. And under these restrictions, your fire goes out. It takes a little bit of time, but your fire goes out. And I, I love seeing so many familiar faces every single Sunday. But what are you believing God for? If you've been here every single Sunday, what are you believing God for? Is your fire out? Is your flame out? Or are you still believing God for something big? How did the apostles change the world? They gave their life back to Jesus. What if something in us shifted today where all of a sudden we decided to become an all-in person? All-in for God's glory, all in for God's plan for our life. See, everything, I think about stories of the Bible, and it's like, man, how do you have the faith like this? How do you have the, you know, the, that of that person? And there's so many heroes of the Bible. It's amazing to see, like, how many amazing people happen, and they're all just common people. The one thing they had in common, though, is that they were all in. See, when Moses dropped his stick, and it became a snake, like, he had the moment where, like, he could have ran from the snake. The snake was considered the devil back then, and literally it was like, that is the most dangerous animal here. Am I going to listen to God and grab it, or am I going to flee? 
And he had that moment in his life where am I going to be all in? Am I going to trust his word over the facts I see? And Moses decided to go down and grab it. And I think about David who was picked over all his brothers. All the songs he wrote about was the love of God and all the people who followed God at the time. Literally Goliath came and they were all shaking in their boots. And he had this moment where he said, you know what? The only training I've done is in the back pasture and I can take you down because my God says this. And he didn't have a moment where he fled, but he had a moment where he was all in. Can heaven check you off as someone who is all in? Can heaven check you off this morning as someone who is all in? Daniel was literally all in the lion's den. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, that's terrifying. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the video of, like, even, like, a gorilla with a kid. And you're just like, my heart breaks. I can't imagine a lion. Like, that's insane. And he goes... And he literally goes all in and he says, my God will protect me. I know he will. There's story after story after story in the Bible. Man, you can just read it over and over again about people who were common people, everyday people, but they were all in. Because of that, they made a great impact for the kingdom of God. So why could we consider ourselves all out? I think about Christianity light. How many of you guys interactive Sunday morning? Have ever had like a Diet Coke like or Diet Pop because you don't want the calories, you know? Like I remember when I was growing up, like my mom drank so much Diet Coke, and that's all we had. We had warm Diet Coke, and it was great. <laughs> Loved it. And uh, I think about that. Yeah, and you get used to it. You get used to the, the flavor of Diet Coke or Diet Dr. Pepper, and then all of a sudden you come to your senses, and then you have normal stuff, and then you drink the diet stuff, and you're like, this is awful. Why would I ever drink diet? And the way they make diet products of any sort or anything like that or any light product is literally they make the exact same product and then they take out the stuff to make it light. So Diet Coke, in, in case you guys didn't know, they literally make Coca-Cola and then they remove, they boil out all the sugar, all the additives, and then they replace it with some man-made product. In case you guys didn't know, now you know if you ever comes up on Jeopardy or anything like that, you know how to make Diet Coke. You make regular Coke, and then you take the stuff out. See, what God has given us, he's given us miracles. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He has given us healing. He has given us all these things for the super to meet the natural in our life. And we take what God has given us, and we water it down to a Sunday morning, to a Wednesday night, and we water it down to three hours a week. And God has so much more for us. He, he gives us everything that we need. He gives us all healing and power and the Holy Spirit and his presence and all this stuff. And we can take what he's given us and we just like, no, let's, let's water it down. Let's, let's do the normal thing and let's not do anything beyond that. But what is God calling you to do? I find it amazing. I'm, I'm a science guy. I just love science. But God made one son like big sun and the star. And they say that they estimate it'll take 7 million years collecting all the power harnessed from all energy plants, solar, uh, coal, everything, to heat the sun for one second. That is a crazy stat. 7 million years collecting all the power harnessed in the entire planet to heat the sun for one second. But God spoke, and a 
it's never moved. It's, it's never, never dimmed, never anything. That is the power of the God we serve. That is craziness to me, but God did it. And he put it in the sky so we could see it, just see his, his beauty. The amazing thing is the, the telescope, literally, it's crazy. That there's this telescope in, in Hawaii that literally, on a clear night, like, they can't even estimate how many stars they can see. And there's like these little black spots all over the sky. If you guys have ever looked in the sky, you know that you can see a bunch of stars, but there's a lot of black. But the bigger the telescope they make, literally the more stars they can see. It's amazing. It's like they can see a black thing and then like build a bigger telescope. And they're like, oh, we just missed a million stars. Like, how do you miss a million stars? And they're like, well, it just keeps going further and further. The bigger we make it, the more there is. And they say this universe is still expanding and God's voice is still carrying. And it's crazy because God can do that in one moment. It's amazing that how powerful our God is. And if we sum them up to a three-hour lesson a week, we're missing it. Because God wants more than that. He's not calling you to an ordinary, dull, boring life. He's calling you to an abundant life. I got this note from a, a preacher named Jeremy Johnson, and he says this. Paul makes Paul in the New Testament makes any excuse you have gone you can't say it's an Old Testament person doing it because he is in the New Testament. You can't blame it on your past because he was the filthiest murderer of all time. I just love that. Where Paul, I, I share this on, on Wednesdays all the time. Paul used to go into churches, ask for their directory, and so that way he had a list of people he could go and kill. And then Paul came out after Jesus touched his life and God touched his life and he came out and all of a sudden he did amazing things for the church. In Acts 14, there's a story that Paul literally preached a message of salvation and the crowd, like rather than cheering like Danielle did for the worship team, they like took these giant rocks and they like threw it at him and they killed him. And like, it's like this insane story and then like literally Paul like, gets his friends, and they raise him from the dead, and literally the first thing he does, it says he marches back into the town, and many disciples were made in that city that day. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Like in First Timothy 4, why we labor and strive? Why am I doing this? I think about that, Allison and I, like, there are times in, in youth ministry where, like, why are we doing this? If I'm the only one that has ever felt that along their Christian faith, I'm so sorry. Because I have felt that in my times where I'm just like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Travis, like, Travis rushes home from work so he can help with youth. And I wish I could have the time to, like, give a, a shout out to all my youth leaders. I have amazing youth leaders. But why am I doing this? It's because of this. Because we serve the living God is what it says. We serve the living God. I just want to show you guys a couple of videos. Um, Sterling actually helped uh, edit and produce these videos, so I know he's gone, but it's Sterling's work. We'll still be here at least one more week. And I just wanted to show you guys. I got, a, I got three videos of, of youth, and there are so many other stories of what the youth really did for Speed the Light. But I just want to show you guys these three stories. I just highlighted them real quick. Jack, would you mind playing the three videos, please? Miles. 
hired the the five hundred dollars to do the writing. Fifty hours is five hundred dollars of working. It may look like I was flipping burgers, but I was buying people out of the sex trafficking. I can flip burgers to rescue people out of human trafficking. What can you do? Hi, my name is Miles. I'm in eleventh grade. I saw that we were um, $75 away or $76 from $5,000 and I thought like that's a little too close like I feel like we could hit $5,000 that's like something that I could do so I decided I'd just like give that extra push and maybe things would come after that. My name is Noah, I'm in 10th grade, and I raised $1,500 for Speed the Light. I first got the idea at NYC when the guy said a thousand people can give a thousand. But my first reaction was, I felt God telling me that I could do $1,500. My first reaction was, no, I, I can't do that. But then a few weeks after that, Kirby St. John was speaking as a guest speaker at our church. Uh, when Kirby was talking about how the women have to walk nine hours to get filthy, disgusting water, that just, it disgusted me. And I knew that I could do 1,500. God was calling me to do 1,500. I knew this could help. I knew God was telling me to do 1,500. I mean, I thought I could give you 300, you know? I already have some money. I know I have 300. I, knew, I know I could give that. But the guy was like, no, no, you can do, you can do 1,500. So I went to my youth pastor and said, hey, Mitchell, I need 
I need, I, I feel God's calling me to do 1,500. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And I was at church that somebody was trying to raise money, asking if they needed help. This one guy, he was working on his deck and projects around his house, winterizing and stuff and whatnot. So I helped him for the three weeks. And I was able to get to 1250. That was the last day. It was a Wednesday. It was a big week, right? And by the time I left to the time I got there, I was given 250 from two different people. And so by the time I, I walked in, I had my role. Because I was able to give 1500 that inspired a leader to give 750 which brought the total to 2250 all because that one time at NYC where God told me, Noah, you can do 1500 I'm Noah. I raised $1,500 for Speed Light without a job. What can you do? That stuff just gets me so jacked. The students believing God for the impossible and God showing up. Like, I just love Noah's story where literally, like, he left his house on Wednesday and he was $250 short. And it wasn't like one person coming up and giving him $250. It was two different people, which totaled $250. So it was like the exact amount needed by, like, two people totaling it. Where it's just, it's so cool where it's like, so inspiring to hear all these stories. I just want to ask you guys, man, what are you believing God for today? I have a nephew. Uh, I won't name his name, but his initials are OS. And uh, he's discovered the questions why and what. And I will tell you what, like, it is so, not frustrating, but it is patience building is how I will phrase it. And, you know, like you're watching a show. Why did he do that? Well, I don't know. Why? I don't know. But why? I don't know, OS. Like, you know, and like, you again, I'm not going to say his name, but no. But like, we can, we can think about like the questions that kids ask. Why and what? And I feel that's fundamental all through our adult life. Why am I doing this and what is the purpose? Why am I doing this and what is the purpose? So why should we do it? It's because our hope is in the living God. That's what it says in 1 Timothy. Our hope is in the living God. And what should we do? Again, according to 1 Timothy, the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Be an example in all these things. Be an example in all these things. In what you say, what you do, in what you love, in your faith, in your purity. Be an example to those around you. I love Tony Dungy. He was a, a uh, football coach for the Indianapolis Colts, and he was there for a long time, and he was a, a defensive coordinator, I believe, or offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He was a golden gopher. He was an amazing man of God, and he still is. He, he works as a commentator. But literally there was one time where he was quoting someone, and he happened to say the D word. And literally his entire team, their jaws dropped because they knew Tony Dungy was a man who did not swear. Which is crazy to think about in the NFL, a coach not swearing. But literally he was a man of such integrity that when he said just the D word, 
literally they all were flabbergasted about how he could do that because Tony conducted himself in such a way of speech where he didn't, didn't ever cross those lines. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. That's the conduct God is talking about. John 13.34, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is how we should conduct ourselves. This is what we should do as believers. So what are you believing God for today? I'm going to just end it with this. Is, uh, I think about so many times, I believe that church is so important and so valuable for building a community. But I think if we only think of the church as God's people, we're missing it. I, I truly believe that meeting together is a great thing. I truly believe that it builds community, it builds discipleship, it does that. But if we rely on Pastor Steve to do all the discipling in the church, Steve's a great guy, but you can't do it. He can't do it. It's on us, you guys. And the youth showed that in the last month, and I'm so proud of the youth. And I think about this. There was a speaker that it, maybe it was a feel-good message, and I really liked it. But he said, you want me to double the size of your youth group? And I said, that'd be awesome. And he's like, all right, here's what you do. You take the people that are just on your attendance sheet, and even if they don't check off, still count them because those are the people you have influence with. And I was like, that's a great way to look at it. And I, I think about that. Whereas I had a, a student that he literally, he stopped coming for like a whole year. And all of a sudden he texts me over like Thanksgiving break and he's like, I literally haven't seen a single person since I went to college. I haven't talked to anyone. I'm lonely. All I do is watch TV and do my homework. I literally have nothing. I'd like to hang out with you. And even though he didn't come to, to youth group or anything like that, it was someone that I still could pour into. And we literally just hung out for a couple hours and watched a dumb movie. And like, then we tried to ride skateboard and we both were terrible at it. But I think about that with our life. Is what are you believing God for? It was something that a kid I poured into time and time again that just did not want to come to youth group, did not want to hang out. But I kept pouring into him. Why? Because living God, because the living God was saying, man, you're supposed to pour into this kid. He needs you right now. What did I do? I conducted myself like I should have. I, I spoke positivity. I spoke love. And because of that, and I, I don't know if he's saved. I, I haven't asked him that. But it's someone where when life turned upside down, he, he wanted to hang out with me. And that's saying something because I'm not that much fun to hang out with. But he wanted to come and hang out with me. So I just want to ask you guys, what are you believing God for today? The youth showed up and they showed that the God of the impossible had the super meet the natural over the last month. And I'm, I can't express it enough. I'm so proud of the youth. Like, it was cool on the big give night. Literally, I was probably so annoying. But I came up and we gave like 4,000. And that inspired someone to get, they're like, oh man, we gave 4,000. I could do another 40. So I had to come back up and I had to give a, say, hey, you guys, actually, we went up 40. And then literally someone was like, I gave $750. So I had to go back up again and like say, we just gave $750 more. And that, that was awesome. And then literally we had someone come up and say, you know what, we're so close. Jenna on the video mentions it. She's like, we're so close to 5,000. Can I just give the rest so we can get to 5,000? After she had already given hundreds of dollars. 
That is the Spirit of God. That is the candle, the flame inside of us. And you have no idea. It's cool. When I was in youth group, uh, Kirby, every single message would always ask, man, does anyone want to receive Christ? And he had a kid that every single week he needed Jesus in his life. So every week he threw his hand up. And uh, literally Kirby was like, it makes it a lot easier because there would be no hands. And all of a sudden people would know that other people would have their hands up. And then literally as soon as the one person would raise his hand, all the people that really wanted to receive would come forward. Or even this morning, and, and I know God works in different timing, but as soon as Tom came up, all of a sudden so many other people came up. Can you be believing God for something big today? Can you be believing God for something big today? Because even if you don't have the most influence, if you're not the most popular, and you don't have, and you feel inadequate, God is calling you to something amazing. God is calling you to change lives. You have the power. You have the Holy Spirit who double bounds you so you can go higher than you could ever imagine. I'll pray, you guys, and we can end it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I pray that, that we can just be believing for something amazing because you did such a good work. You sent your son to die on the cross for us. Lord, you have such power to literally speak and to make the sun stand still, to create such a universe that the bigger telescope we make, Lord, the more we discover. Lord, I pray for burdens on our heart right now for the lost, because that is what you care about above anything else is the lost. Lord, I pray we start believing for miracles. I pray we can start believing for healings, not just for these biblical heroes or, or for someone else or from a different city, but Lord, I pray it in our own lives, in our own families. Lord, I pray for whatever name is on our heart right now. Maybe you've been speaking to someone during my, my sermon today, Lord, that just a name or, or a face or a family, Lord, is just on their heart right now. Lord, I pray we can get the flame lit inside of us, Lord, because flames are just so dangerous. Lord, I pray for your power to come out in us this week. We start believing you for what you truly are, God, and that is a living God. You are alive today. So God, it's in your mighty and holy name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. See you tonight at 6 o'clock for Sunday Night Fire.